Welcome everybody. This is Mackenzie Schutz with the Eagle and Crane uh, Coffee Podcast. I am the owner and founder of Eagle and Crane Coffee Company. And last week, I had the privilege of being interviewed with a, a dear friend of mine, James Proby, uh, who is a, an owner of a social impact uh, men's clothing company here in Colorado Springs. We were interviewed, both of us, on a local radio station, local news radio, KRDO. Um, they were having a, a special business edition about social impacting and social enterprise businesses. And I was truly honored to be asked to come on the show and talk a little bit about how I got into coffee and, and why we're doing what we're doing. And so without further ado, this is uh, the recording of that interview, the extra business edition with Ted Robertson. I hope you enjoy. And good morning. Happy Friday to you. You're listening to the extra business edition. I'm Ted Robertson, your host. I am joined in studio today by a couple of really wonderful guys. You're going to hear a couple of great stories this morning. And we're all about business, doing business in a way that they're showing some care and some love for the community and people around them, people that support them, social enterprise, and guys making an impact. With first up, uh, James Proby, the owner of Men's Exchange, in business since 2017, in two short years, made some incredible strides as a business. And uh, this is a man whose clothing I wear, and you are, in your own right, a haberdasher, James. Truth, I love the use of that word. You are also a clothes horse. I, truth, I <laughs> love the use of that word. <laughs> and you do cut a fine line, I must say. Thank so, you very much. <laughs> I've known you, I don't know how long, James. It's been a while. But it has been. It's, uh, it is always a treat when we get to talk for a little bit. And then today we're going to share about your business and your heart and soul for helping other people. And Another very special individual in the studio today, Mackenzie Schutz, and he owns an e-commerce business called Eagle and Crane Coffee Company. Up and running since May of 2018, he travels back and forth to Uganda. We will explain that. He does microloans, and um, gosh, he's all about direct-to-consumer, so we're going to give you a website address, and you can subscribe to Eagle and Crane Coffee. The yeah, stuff right. you love comes right to you. Cool stuff. Thank you. I'm uh, really happy to be here today. Well, it's a treat. I mean, when I called James and I said, let's do radio this week, and I, do you want to bring anybody with you? And I, your name just went boom. <laughs> so <laughs> here we are, all three of us, and I could not be more jazzed. So why don't we start, uh, Mackenzie, let's start with you. Introduce yourself. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself and how you find your way to the place you're in right now. Yeah, my entrepreneur journey has been uh, a little bit unexpected, but pretty natural for me. Um, I Right out of high school, I decided I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I, I didn't go to college. I'd read this little book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is uh, a lot of people have heard about before. Right. Uh, but uh, decided to get into real estate. So I got my real estate license at 18 and did that for a number of years. Um, found myself not really being fulfilled by it. Went to Bible school for a couple of years and then uh, found myself being pulled to, to Africa. And what I saw there was, was really shocking. It was not, not what I thought it would be at all. Um, but I did see an opportunity to, to do some, some, some good, make some lasting change using practical business knowledge 
um, and do something that nonprofits have a really hard time doing, which is stay around for a while. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. And it's such a competitive environment here in Colorado Springs, as we know. Mm-hmm. There are at least 900 nonprofits here in all forms, shapes, and sizes. And, uh, I mean, we're, that covers the basis from um, the big ones. What am I thinking of? Compassion International all the way down to very tiny very, very tiny nonprofits that are trying to do some good in the world, but it, it really has everybody competing yeah, for exactly. funding and for dollars in that sense. And so it's a, it's an interesting environment and I think it's a lot tougher than real estate. I got to tell you, <laughs> <laughs> real estate's tough. Yeah, yeah. it might be. <laughs> James, let's go to you. Talk about you a little bit. Absolutely. Um, it's funny you bring up people competing for dollars in the nonprofit universe. So the idea of social enterprise and social impact businesses are businesses that are rooted in the fundamentals and foundations of capitalism. So we have one foot firmly planted in the forced profit sector of the universe. We have another foot firmly planted in the nonprofit sector. And the goal is to create and generate our own revenue through products, goods, and services and utilize that money for good. And so it's, it gets us in a space where we can stop, we can really break the cycle of competing for dollars and work in the spaces that is best for everyone, which is collaborating. And it, that's, that's kind of what the men's exchange does. We take in men's donated uh, clothing. We have everything dry cleaned and laundered. Once it's been dry cleaned and laundered, it comes back into our boutique. And I really encourage you to come see the boutique because when we say that things have been donated it doesn't fully impact people the way that it should until you get a chance to see the boutique that we have. But everything comes back in. We re-merchandise. Uh, we set it up, and it is a complete men's boutique, and everything is $40 or less. So we do full suits for $40. We sell sport jackets for $30, um, shirts for $10, slacks for $10. But ultimately, it means that beyond paying our own bills and paying our own way and having a sustainable business, we get an opportunity to also dress um, about one man for every nine men that shop with us. So it allows us to do some of that nonprofit work while also being able to, uh, to operate a business that gets to touch and impact the lives of everyone. And the touch and the impact can be extraordinary and profound. Uh, let's say that we're dealing with somebody who is transitioning from the military and yeah. into the civilian world. Absolutely. And they are, you know, they've gotten the directive from Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center, you got to dress for success. Yeah. And they wind up over at, at your place at, at the men's exchange. And from head to toe, not only are you able to put them in nice clothing, mm-hmm. but you're giving them a sense for comportment, how to carry themselves, yes. how to dress properly, how to wear ties the right way. It's the little small details like that that do make a difference in your quest for good employment. So I could not agree with you more. And thank you for pointing that out. But the big thing for us is that we do full sizings and fittings with everyone. So beyond giving you all of your sizes and writing these things down, we talk to you about the way that a suit is supposed to fit in the shoulders, at the chest, sleeve length, pant length. And it's realistic that we have two generations of men who have never had this kind of behavior modeled for them. They simply don't know. And when we talk about our transitioning service people, they have not owned clothing like this because the military and the government's dressed them for the last um, three to 35 years. So it's an opportunity for us to be able to help them in that place as they transition to their next careers. Mackenzie, the, yes. the world of coffee and a subscription-based model. Yeah. So coffee is a, it's a very competitive market, right? Everyone's, everyone's got their shop and it's, everyone drinks it, uh, but it's a very uh, low price point to, to compete with. Um, 
we do subscription mostly because there's not a lot of good coffee in the home right now. You have your your K cups and your your Folgers, but uh, but people really aren't drinking good coffee in their house right now, at least from what I've seen. And uh, and and then also just the rise of of subscription boxes from every, everything from Amazon to uh, you know Dollar Shave Club. You have all these little boutique uh, subscription services that. Um, that are just they're convenient, they're easy, and they they're providing really good costs or really good quality of of goods because they can cut out some of that middleman type stuff. And so, I saw the I saw the rise, especially in my generation. I'm a little bit younger. I'm in my mid twenties of uh, reliance on these services. And the the funny thing is that when I decided to start this company, I was I was in Africa. I was riding a motorcycle around, um, just interviewing people, and I didn't even drink coffee at the time. Um, I didn't even like it, <laughs> but I saw the opportunity. There's, there's a lot of good coffee there and, and people are drinking better and better coffee here. And so I, I, that was my play. I, I knew that the good that I could do, the, the business chain that I could, I could link together is, is bringing their coffee to here and telling the story and getting into people's homes. And the most easy way to do that is just straight to the door. When I love your coffee and it comes to me automatically, I'm helping you do a lot of good, which in turn makes makes me helping, makes me doing some good as well. Exactly. Hold that thought. We're going to go to a quick break, you guys. Uh, James Proby, owner of the Men's Exchange, founded in 2017 and thriving. Eagle Crane and Coffee Company's Mackenzie Schultz, founded in 2018, stood up a, uh, an e-commerce business, subscription-based coffee, thriving and making a social impact, both of you. That is profound. We're going to talk about yours when we come back. I'm Ted Robertson. You're listening to the Extra Business Edition. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. And welcome back to the Extra Business Edition. I'm Ted Robertson. Joining me in the studio today, Mr. James Proby, owner of the Men's Exchange. And Mr. Mackenzie Schultz, uh, Schutz. Thank yeah, you. Schutz, that's Schutz, right. as in shuts the door. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Known to many as Mac. Yeah, yes, that's right. Well, it's either Mac or McKenzie. Eagle and Crane Coffee Company. And Mac, as we were transitioning into the break, or uh, and now we're back, we get to talk about the other half of the, the good that you're doing in having this business of yours that is thriving and it's growing and good things are happening. Let's talk about your the, the microloans that you do, the interactions you have with farmers in places like Uganda. Yeah, absolutely. Uganda is a is a unique place. Um, they're they're about the size of of Colorado, about ten percent smaller than the land size of Colorado, and yet they have forty million people there. Whereas comparatively, Colorado has about five and a half. Forty million people. Forty million, and half of them, twenty twenty full million, are sixteen or younger. Wow. Yeah, and so that's that's just a result of um, really primarily the AIDS epidemic uh, from the eighties and nineties. And so you have you have a lot of elderly, and you have uh, well half of them are, are, are children and becoming of age, and the the whole and the the middle ages it, it's, they've been wiped out effectively, um, and so you're looking at a population boom coming up that's going to be unprecedented. It's really characteristic of Central Africa in general, but Uganda specifically, um, they're looking at in the next 20 years to have about 100 million people in the country. Goodness. Yeah, which this can be either a really, really bad thing or it could be one of the most amazing things we've ever seen. Uh, the, the fact with, with Uganda is that it's right there on the equator and it has two growing seasons. It's incredibly fertile. 
and there's a lot of food. But like all, all things, poverty is just a logistics issue, right? Hunger is just logistics. There's enough for everybody. And, uh, and, and so when I went there, I, I saw a lot of, uh, a lot of dependence on, on foreign aid. There's, in the last 30 years, there's been more nonprofits in Uganda than in anywhere else in the, in the world. Um, and there's nothing to show for it. There, there's the effectively Western uh, good intentions, but poor execution with our nonprofit systems. They go in there, we, we take pictures, we raise funds, and we leave. You know, or maybe we build a house, but what good does that do someone? Um, and so what I saw was, was a real need for, for business, for trade. What, what people need is, is an opportunity to provide uh, their service and, um, and really make something of their lives. And so microloans do a, a great example of that because you can, you can loan out $50, $100, and really change the course of an entire family's life uh, instantly. And a coffee crop, as I understand it, uh, and that's, you know, talking with James and, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and uh, just doing a little tiny bit of research, two crops, two yields per year. In some areas where I'm working, there's, there's just one. Um, but most people, you know, you see a pound of coffee at the store and it's, it's, it's really ubiquitous. There's, there's a lot of it around, yeah. right? But it's, a, it's really labor intensive. It takes one coffee tree, one season to make one pound of roasted coffee. Wow. And, and you know, and we, we buy that, we, we grind it up, we, we drink it and we say, mm, it's not that good, you know, but it takes a lot of work to, to get to that point. A lot of labor because you have to pick each individual bean you have to dry it out. You have to sort it, and it's a it's, it's a lot of manpower, and uh, and we're paying we're paying about a dollar for it for our commodity, and so what I'm doing is uh, we're going direct to the source. We're going right to the farmers, right to the processors themselves, and we're we're initiating trade directly. So instead of paying you know ninety cents, maybe a dollar for that that pound of coffee, we're actually able to provide upwards towards two dollars maybe a little bit more and that is a game changer that's the difference between uh cutting down your trees and planting corn just so you can eat something and then sending your kids to school you know and really investing into your future what is the percentage of income change when a farmer that you meet wants to convert to coffee it's it, it can be drastic um you know there's a there's a baseline of about that 90 cent mark which Comparatively, it takes about a dollar sixty just to grow and pick the stuff. Mm-hmm. So you're losing money, but you're losing maybe half of it if you sell it at the commodity prices. Um, when they're working with someone like me, who's going in indirect and and really focusing on quality in the relationship, um, you know, maybe fifty percent increase, eighty percent increase, and in, in, in just just the the gross amount of money that they're receiving. And in a place like Uganda, that is. Truly life changing. Substantial, yeah, yeah. The the average uh, daily wage is about two dollars if you can find a job, and then there's about eighty percent unemployment right now. So there are no jobs. Well, that's the hard thing, right? And so that's why the the second half we of our business we take proceeds and we really invest into business training, entrepreneurship, um, really teaching people and, and showing them that they can they can dream big, they can look towards the future, they can plan uh, ahead and, and really make something of themselves. Um, because otherwise no one's going to do it for you. Right. And especially in a place like Central Africa. (laughs) And so 
we're teaching them how to how to grow grow food, grow as teach it like treat it as a business. You know, you can take about an acre of your your family's land. <clears throat> excuse me, plant onions, and in three months harvest it. You know, uh, cure them properly, and then sell them at market prices, and make about two years worth of of manual labor. Uh, if you're like pouring concrete or digging a ditch, and the opportunity's there, it's there. I mean, it's Uganda is an agricultural and and um, resource rich country. There's just uh, there's a lot of hurdles to get around. <laughs> well, and and it, the space is very competitive because it's very crowded. It's crowded and, and corruption is a real thing. It's a developing nation and uh, you gotta you gotta wade through muddy waters for sure. Uh, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the niche that you occupy in terms of your business model is subscription based coffee. Right. Um, not too long. We're gonna go to a break here. When we come back, let's talk about uh, what it is that differentiates you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I wanna go through the steps of starting a business the way that you guys did and the why behind it, and some takeaways for awesome. our listeners. All right. Sound Love good? It. Yeah. I'm Ted Robertson. You're listening to the Extra Business Edition here on KRDO News Radio. I'm joined in studio by Mackenzie Schutz, owner of Eagle and Crane Coffee Company, and James Proby, the owner of Men's Exchange, both extraordinary, uh, potent people in terms of helping uh, other people in profound ways. In other words, making a social impact. We'll be back in a few minutes. Welcome back and happy Friday again to you. I'm Ted Robertson. I'm joined in studio by two extraordinary business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, people who are all about making an impact in others' lives. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that impact. But then as business owners, I quite imagine you have an interest possibly in starting a business like this, converting your business to a social enterprise or social impact model. So we're going to talk a little bit about the why James and Mackenzie Schultz Thank you. I did it again. <laughs> Keep to add that it's out. common. Don't worry. <laughs> Why Mackenzie Schutz, owner of Eagle and Crane Coffee Company, have started their businesses. We know what they're accomplishing, and uh, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, why would you want to do that? And uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that as well. So the question comes to you both. Uh, give give our listeners kind of the why. And uh, But you've got a thought you'd like to finish, too. We talked a little bit, little bit about the subscription-based model. Mm-hmm. In the way that makes you unique, uh, it is the way that makes James unique in how he handles uh, getting clothing on yeah. men and what it does for them, <laughs> how, you getting, how you're getting coffee in people, yeah. right? It's a little different and helping uh, Ugandan farmers along the way. Well, coffee is uh, it's an interesting interesting product. Uh, it actually so it, it doesn't have a, a shelf life in the fact that it really goes bad or spoils, but it does have a shelf life on on flavor and the quality. And and so you have this this it's about a month zone, uh, about three days after you roast the beans, and then uh, a month after that where you have peak freshness before you see a, a really noticeable sharp decline in quality and, uh, and even some of the health benefits as well. Uh, so most of the coffee that you're going to find at, at the grocery store or, you know, if you're picking it up at, at Costco or something like that, uh, it's been sitting there for probably six months, maybe even close to 10 months or even a year. Wow. Yeah. And so what you're tasting is the, uh, <laughs> is the carcinogen, the, the, the burnt flavor of the beans. And, and people think that's really good. But when you try something that is just a week or even two weeks, 
heck, even even four weeks after it's been roasted, the amount of, of, of flavor that comes out of that bean is is really phenomenal. How sophisticated are our palates? <laughs> it's uh, it you can you can train it for sure. Like okay. there there are people like uh, um, the equivalent of like a wine sommelier that are in the coffee industry that really can pick out intricate flavors. Um, and just to keep that wine comparison real quick, wine has about 200 different flavor profiles. Coffee has 800. So there's a lot of a lot of variation going on. But it's it just comes down to experiencing it. Uh, you have to just try it for yourself, and then you really notice the difference. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's give your web address. Yeah. So it's it's eagleandcrane.com. Uh, pretty simple. And on there you'll you'll find uh, the coffee that we have, our subscription, uh, which really keeps keeps you uh, stocked up with fresh coffee um, so that you'll never have stale coffee, old coffee ever again. And there's a few different uh, uh, products on there that, that we are selling. You can actually try it for just a penny and just pay shipping on it. We'll send you a little sample. Um, right now, I'm preparing to go back to Uganda uh, this September, September 3rd. I'll be there for a month, and I'm going to be bringing back 100 pounds of, of coffee that's hand-selected, hand-picked, uh, well, not off the tree, but hand-selected by me. And uh, we're selling that as well, just as a, a fundraise for the trip, but then also to get the complete farm-to-cup experience as well. And that's right on the front page. Okay. Um, James, I'm going to start with you, and then we'll wind up with Mac, if you don't mind. Yeah, totally works. If somebody is asking you, they have an existing business or mm-hmm. they want to be in business, um, what is the why? What, um, and, and they're asking you, why would I do this? Why would I put effort into running a business that right. uses part of its profits. Is that capitalism? Right. So it, it is capitalism because you are still um, bartering for goods, services, and you're using that money. You're gaining money, right? But for us, the idea was uh, the why ends up being what's the outcome we're looking to have happen here. And if we think about the why being that the, when the tide rises, we all rise together. If we put the we in front of the me, if we realize that when the rains fall, they fall on everyone's house the exact same way, right? So if we think about that, we understand that we can actually all grow together and we can get rid of this competitive mentality that we've been sold, which is a lie, and we can understand a collaborative mentality and how can we work together to to better impact one another. Um, At the end of my life, when I die, the only people that are going to care about the amount of money that's in my checking account are those individuals that are related to me, my kids, my wife, that's (laughs) it, right? But the feeling of touching as many lives as we could possibly touch over the course of 60, 80, 120 years, whatever that is, whatever your lifespan ends up being, becomes so much more important and so much more wide-reaching. And it allows individuals to also then input into the economy and make us all better. So the why is to start off with what is your why is why you're in business. And if you are in business with a sole space of my own personal um, financial growth, then great, do that. A social impact model doesn't work for you. But if you realize you want to touch the lives of other individuals that are around you, you realize you have a space where you can help. And I truly believe in my heart and soul that that most human beings inherently want to be able to help other people out. Then you find the passion of the people's lives that you want to touch. And it's really easy to dedicate a portion of your life to go that way. It's really easy to be able to funnel things into that direction and to understand that every time that we sell more clothing, of course, our business grows and gets better, but we also get a chance to touch the lives of other individuals. And because it's Friday, a sidebar for you that I hope gives you both a smile, you both need to live for 120 years because we simply cannot have Mm -hmm. 
badly dressed coffee drinkers in our society. <laughs> we just cannot. <laughs> we can't run out right? of good coffee. All right, Mackenzie, take it from there. I I want to touch back on the the rising tide statement that you made. It, it it's so true. Um, we really are the the sum of our our, our weakest parts, uh, just as a society and as a uh, as a as a culture. And um, you look back and and. Uh, capitalism and the, the like, just the the free market trade. It's done more good for the human race than, than probably anything else. We are at record low poverty levels worldwide, and it's that's largely in part due to that. But the two big things uh, is is having this free trade, but then also we're becoming increasingly more globalized. So it's not just our own country, our own communities that that affect us. It's it's the entire world. And so if we can really raise that that floor that we're all yep. living at, yep. then everyone benefits. It, it really is, uh, uh, we're all interlinked. It, so we're all interlinked is the correct space in there. And what we, we, the misnomer that we're under is that I'm an individual and I stand alone and there's no bigger lie or misconception on this planet. The more that we realize that race, color, gender, ethnicity, religion are all falsehoods, but the reality is that we are all accountable and responsible to one another and connected to one another. If we think about an aspen grove of trees, and we realize how amazing that is that we have these millions of trees that are connected together, when we realize that we as human beings are interconnected to one another every single moment of every single day, then we, it's easy to become my brother's keeper. It's easy to become accountable and responsible to one another. And it's easy to see that when you do better, I do better, we do better. The entire universe gets to be a better space. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, about a minute left, and I would love each of you to give one or two practical takeaways for somebody uh, as a point of entry for them into this space. Mackenzie, starting with you, where do you think that might be? Ooh, okay, so I, I got the privilege of starting a new business and not transitioning one into a social enterprise. Mm-hmm. And just the, the mind of the entrepreneur is just you find a problem and you, you find a solution to yeah. it, and then you can market that. Um, so my problem that I found was was living conditions and uh, and and low wages for coffee farmers. And my solution is selling better coffee. <laughs> and that makes a business. Yeah, know, it makes a business with heart and soul. It makes a business with a social impact. There it is. That's the essence of it, right there, James. Take it from there. I could not agree with you more. Entrepreneurship is actually the French word for problem solving. The more that we realize what problems we have, how we can solve those. But if you start with the spaces of Beyond solving these problems, whose lives do I get to impact in the same space? You can figure out where your business is. You can transition your business into that. I'm going to challenge you to not transition a business into a social impact model because it's popular, because millennials buy it more, because every single business, the people that are consuming ideas, they're consuming uh, products, goods, and services, choose to buy from social impact businesses. That's not the right reason. The right reason is that you have a passion for whatever it is, and there's not a shortage of human frailties or sufferings or shortcomings. It means that we have the ability to recognize those problems and to figure out a way to apply a solution to them and to do so in a, in a commerce way. That's what the business side of this is, but a social impact business. Those three words all go together because we are looking to have a business that has a social impact. You can transition any business into that. You can start a business into that. You just have to have the passion and the will to. It really does boil down the want to. James Proby, owner of the Men's Exchange, 
and Mackenzie Schutz, owner of Eagle and Crane Coffee Company, eagleandcrane.com. That's right. And James, you're located on Tejon Street? 409 North Tejon, just north of Boulder and Tejon. So two businesses that give you a wonderful opportunity to help people sustain themselves and become prosperous. And another place where you can give men a lift up that they really, really need and, and many of them, so many of them deserve. Yeah. Well, that was a lot of fun. I am very honored to have been chosen to uh, be on that radio hour uh, that was dedicated to social impact and social enterprise businesses. Um, Ted is a he's a great interviewer, and, and my friend James is such a comforting and calming presence. It was really hard not to be comfortable in that studio, <laughs> and that was my first time being interviewed on on live radio and being broadcast out like that. And uh, you know, I, it was it was actually it was a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed it. And thank you, listener, if you made it to the end of this podcast. This is the, the very first time uh, I'm, I'm putting something out there like this. I've thought about starting uh, a podcast in the past. Um, and the more I think about it, the more I, I like that idea. There's a lot of really cool stories to be told uh, here in Colorado Springs and, and in Uganda. Um, anything from from what it's like to, to farm and, and process coffee and, and live in a developing world uh, to making that coffee as a barista here in the United States, um, you know, or even to, to brewing it at home and, and what it's like to, um, to really dive into this, this really interesting and cool world of coffee. Um, but there's also other directions we can go too. Something that's really important for me is is uh, social impacting businesses, uh, social enterprise, and there's um, especially here in Colorado Springs a huge wave and movement towards that sort of business model, and and maybe maybe we can explore and pursue some of that. But the only way I'll know is if you uh, want to go ahead and comment or get in touch with me and. and Tell me how you thought, uh, what you thought about this episode and, and what you'd be more interested in seeing in the future. Always looking for feedback, especially when, when starting something new like this. And so in your uh, podcast and audio app of choice, if you wouldn't mind just uh, subscribing and leaving a comment and rating, um, I hear that that helps out a lot, <laughs> and I'm sure I'll learn more about it as uh, as we pursue and post more episodes. But uh, not quite sure how to how to end one of these things, so I'm just going to I'm just going to go. I hope you have a fantastic day, and I will be talking to you soon. Thanks.